If you've lost your vision, your energy, or your mojo, then this show is for you. Whether it's your health, career, relationships, it's time to reclaim and discover your best life yet. Award-winning journalist and TV host, Gail Guayardo, will touch, move, and inspire you in this entertaining, fast-paced, and informative podcast as Gail has helped thousands of people achieve massive, life-changing transformations. Here's your host, Gail Guayardo. One of the greatest breakthroughs in mental health in decades is finally here. Brain doctors from around the world are coming together to find out just how psilocybin and MDMA can alter individual brain cells, helping to rewire the brain. And these treatments may offer a new way to treat disorders ranging from depression to chronic pain. Neuroscience and behavioral biology specialist, Dr. Lita Fatemi, known fondly as the conscious physician, works extensively in psychedelic medicines, and she joins me now for my Bloom Bonus podcast. What a pleasure it is to see you, Dr. Fatemi. It's wonderful to be here with you, Gail, as always. So Dr. Fatemi, let, let's, you know, the, the podcast, our Bloom Bonus podcast is called your story, your health, your best life. So let's start with your story. Tell us a little bit about you and your background. Sure, sure. I'm an internal medicine physician, board certified. Um, I come from a war-torn country. The first eight years of my life was in war. And until 14, I lived under a theocratic regime of Iran. It's a terrorist government. And there's a revolution happening right now over there. But fast forward to, you know, 20 years later, here I am, you know, I'm an award-winning physician. I'm paving a path for mental health with the use of psychedelics to help us heal from trauma into self-compassion. Now, you know, psychedelics um, maybe in the past might've been a word that might frighten people or scare them, but we have the FDA, the government, major studies happening right now that are showing that this is the biggest breakthrough in mental health in decades. Absolutely. Because every, you know, we're suffering, we're suffering and we have been, and it's been accelerated through the pandemic. And we're really seeing how broken the world of mental health is and that we have not paid much attention to it at all, that we have made it taboo to look into, you know, someone who has a mental health issue. We all go through depression. I've been depressed. I've had generalized anxiety. I've been extremely burnt out. I have thought about suicide. Like it's just human, but we have made it so taboo to even think about mental health. And then we made, you know, this war on drugs after that substance, um, the Control Substance Act of 1970, and then it became a huge no-no. And now we are looking at the therapeutic benefits because we're really like, we have our hands up, you know, thrown in the air. We're like, don't know what to do anymore. And so that's why we're seeing this renaissance um, happening in psychedelics using these ancient, ancient medicines like psilocybin or mushrooms, you know, subset of mushrooms that have this psychoactive com compound in them to use them in more modern ways in our life today to connect us with our ancient roots and to help us through the trauma that we all go through. Different different people go through different things and every individual is different, but 
these medicines are helping people get through that trauma that defines them, that has been unresolved, taking them into self-compassion. And when you have self-compassion, that's the first step. Then you have compassion for others. Then you can develop compassion for the planet. Um, but that's that's kind of where we are right now. And it's fascinating, you know, for the vet population, we have a 70% recovery rate from PTSD. I mean, we have 20 veterans killing themselves every day, every day. Yeah. And it's it's so sad to watch this happen. And they're, you know, using these substances to help them themselves get through this. And so they can live normal lives and they don't have addictions anymore. And they can actually be there with their families. Yeah. And and what's remarkable about this is people are seeing you know, results even after just one treatment. So what is it about the psilocybin treatments that makes such a difference? What what happens with the brain? So the brain, the default mode network shuts down. The part of the brain that we call the ego, where it, you know, it's like, oh, this is who I am. This is who I am in relation to the world around me. And we need it but we tend to have overdeveloped it over time. And then that's the part that when we have deep emotional trauma, it remembers that trauma deeply and it holds on to it and it puts up this armor and you can't really live life and connect with the people around you. So what we see in studies in you know functional MRI studies is psilocybin at a high dose, it shuts down that area of the brain. And now you have brain coherence, with different parts of the brain that were not talking to each other before, now they're talking to each other. So you're able to see yourself and your issues from the past from a very different lens. You become the observer without judgment. Because, you know, we get into these very judgy, judgy patterns, you know, over our lifetime. And the trauma makes us very judgy, you know, because that is what, you know, survival does. Um, you have to judge everything and yourself, including in that in order to make it happen for yourself in this life. Psilocybin and psychedelics at a higher dose, different ones are different, of course, different mechanisms. But specifically with psilocybin, we see that it just like opens up those doors to a non-judgmental, observant space where I can observe my fears. I can observe what I've gone through in the past. Just observe and don't judge anything in it. And it makes, that's what makes all the difference. Now, how long does this experience last? I mean, you're you're with a a medical doctor like yourself. I know this is is, is something um, that you have researched and you work extensively. And so, for people that are wondering, I mean, like, like, are you tripping out? Are you scared? Are you crying? Are things melting around you? I mean, what happens? Yeah, that's a great question. Most people have that question, actually. So, um. The experience usually lasts about just psilocybin. I'm talking specifically about psilocybin, about um, four to eight hours. So it's a whole day thing. A lot of practitioners have a hard time with that because it's a whole day, you know, that you're spending with that individual or with a group that you're doing this work with. Um, the end, I do a lot of individual work and small group work in legal settings, like in South America or, you know, Oregon, Colorado, where it is legalized. And in these settings, what I, what I see, we, we have work to do before the session. So I never, ever 
do the session alone. It's it, to me, that's malpractice knowing what I know from the research. You have to have psychotherapy, intensive psychotherapy beforehand and afterwards as well. So with, through my program, I um, guide the individual in life practices and through these life practices that are surrounding self-compassion, um, it's really brings up a lot of the traumas that the individual has been carrying with themselves, a lot of patterns. And so we work through those without any medicine. And then the day of, you know, then I do education with them, what to expect. Um, we have language, you know, that we use like surrender when things that come up that are difficult for some people. Yes. Challenges come up. And that's the whole point mm -hmm. is that I'm going to see these challenges that I've gone through in my life and I haven't resolved them. I'm going to see them for what they are. And for some people, it's extremely significant, right? My like macro traumas that have happened, but then they're able to be the observer and it separates out the fear, you know, and there is a cyclical nature to it. But until you, you surrender to the experience, that cyclical nature doesn't go away, which is really interesting. And even if it's there, then you've turned it into, hey, medicine, take me and show me what I need to see. And so the individuals that allow that flow, allow the medicine to show them what it's there to show them, they have magnificent transformations. Now, after that is over, the session is over, and I'm happy to answer more questions about the session, um, then that's really where the work really starts, is um, getting into what you've learned about yourself and about your journey and about your trauma in the upcoming sessions with the integration that we do together and that's one-on-one -on -one. that's always one-on-one -on -one that I do and during the session you know you said you know do you feel like you're gonna melt and this and that you know yes you are out of control of you know the the body stuff you know when you open your eyes you know where you are you see things as they are you may see them more brightly you may see uh, fractals you may see um shapes that you weren't seeing before when you close your eyes then you have a lot more visions a lot of people have a lot more visions of you know spirit animals or things that they um you know symbols that are meaningful to them is what really comes up um this is why it's extremely important to do that session with a guide that you feel in harmony with and you trust fully that they hold you in a container of love, that there is nourishment and there is all the needs that you would have. And someone who's experienced can provide that for you. But, you know, I'm very, very selective and I'm very um, conscientious of this work because a lot can come up that people don't know how to handle. And I, as an experienced practitioner, then I can lead them in, hey, this is the next step. You get into your breathing, you know, just like, you know, we talked about Gail, like, you know, our second session, you know, and we have these practices so that when challenging things come up, then you know how to navigate that and center yourself during that challenging experience. The people that have no practices in their life, they can spin out. And that's a really tough thing to bring back. That's why I consider it malpractice when people just do the session and for just, you know, ju just with the medicine and no work before or after.
Yeah, that it seems like you would want to get into a relationship, you know, with your doctor, create that trust, go through the process and then have, you know, something to to you know, wrap a bow around it. Like how, how do you bring it all together? So what kind of changes are people seeing and um, you know, who can this help? Yeah, you know, I've had physicians who have had severe anxiety um, and, you know, they're high functioning in society, of course, but they just cannot deal with anxiety. I've had those patients who come out and they're like, oh my God, like, can't believe the relief. I've never felt this type of relief of anxiety. And if you can imagine when you drop that off, then you can actually live a life that is you know, you can breathe and do the things you love to do. So everything isn't tainted with that suffering that's going on inside. So that's like the overarching theme that I usually have. Um, people with, you know, fear of death um, or, you know, when they're faced with their mortality, when they've di been diagnosed with cancers, like breast cancer, um, that's a huge one. You know, that fear of death is lifted and with just that lift of that emotional suffering, because you can have the physical pain, but you don't have to have the emotional suffering that you carry with, you know, people, I've had patients who have physical pain and they're thriving in life and people who have physical pain, but they have that emotional suffering and they cannot take a step forward. And they're just drowning in this just horrific place, you know? Yeah, um, it's unbelievable. How people yes. get stuck. Yes, yes. Um, so you know, I watched um the Gwyneth Paltrow goop, you know, where the cancer patients and their their fear of death and people that tried in a, in a, a a legal setting, um, this journey, and they said it was absolutely remarkable. Um, what about the micro dosing of psilocybin? What's that all about? Yeah, so there isn't a lot of research out, just so everybody knows. There's research coming. Um, in the coming years, we're going to see a lot more information about it. But microdosing is about taking a tiny bit. So what we were just talking about is when the individual is taking like three to five grams of mushrooms, and that has to be prepped right, you know, all those things. Or, People just ingest them as they are. There are ways to prep it so that the GI side effects are not there as much. That's a whole different subject. But just to give an idea, that's the three to five grams. In microdosing, we're talking about like 50 micrograms. And that goes up to 120 micrograms. And, you know, people can play with that. Um, I've had patients who, who have used it for postpartum depression, I've known people in the community using it for um, postmenopausal symptoms. Um, that is, you can be very functioning just like you are in your everyday, everyday life. What I suggest people do is that when they start, have that day be light. So you don't have a ton of things going on, not a ton of meetings. Like have that day, the first day that you're trying it be empty on your calendar. So it's time for you to reflect within, have a good intention when you're going into it um, and figure out your own dose. Everyone has a different dose and everyone has um, metabolizes things differently. 
Um, I've had clients and patients who, you know, a tiny sprinkle is enough for them, you know? And then I have clients who they need two of the capsules to feel like, okay, I can get in that space of inner calm and I can, you know, be in that flow state and everything is bright and beautiful. That's the experience people have. And the creative space just opens up in the brain and you're just, you know, in a, in a, um, elevated space, I would say. That's incredible. So when do you think that we're going to start seeing this become more mainstream? I know two things that need to happen, more studies, but you also feel like more intensive training because we don't want what could be a miracle for people struggling with depression, anxiety, PTSD, OCD, all of these conditions that research is showing that psilocybin can help with to lose that if it, you know, falls into the wrong hands and then there's some, you know, then somebody pulls the plug. Yeah. You know, I think that's a really, that's a great point. Training is huge. Um, we have organizations like MAPS. Um, they have done a ton of training for a lot, for some time. UC Berkeley is training people for facilitation. I do training for facilitation through my, uh, my um, conscious physician method uh, practice. Um, and, you know, I think what's really important is um, also understanding the mission of whatever you know, institution, organization, you decide to, let's say, become trained within, um, some of them have a religious, you know, um, what do you call it, tint to them, mm -hmm. you know, and I tend to stay away from that completely, because I just don't think in, in these states that you're so open and vulnerable, you, these religious gurus and whatnot. And if, if anybody's calling themselves a guru or a teacher or, you know, even shamanism, I stay away from just because this is humanity. We've done this for eight from for millennia, you mm -hmm. know, and um, yeah, in these vulnerable states, whatever agenda the guide has, they can really impart that on you. And that's to be very careful with. And historically, I do know that you know, in some of the South American countries and even in America, um, when the underground, um, you know, psychedelic movement, you know, had been going on, there had been even sexual, you know, advances during mm -hmm. these periods of time where the individuals are very open. And so to me, it's like that rapport and trust is everything. And go after experts like in the field, because they have their, you know, go after people where their heart and brain are in the right place um, because they can lead you in not so great paths too. So Dr. Fatemi, how do people find you? Yeah, you know, reach out to me. I'm actually creating a new website for drlitafatemi.com um, instead of my conscious physician and all that, but you can find me on Facebook um, you can find me on Instagram under Conscious Physician, um, and I'm happy to answer questions that you may have because there's a lot of information out there, even for my physician colleagues. They reach out to me. They're like, I just can't sift through all of this. Or mental health practitioners, like counselors, reach out to me. They're like, 
there's just so much. Where do I start? And how do I navigate this? You know, so I can only imagine if the professionals are saying that, then what is the, you know, what are people in the community, you know, trying to figure out? And there's a lot of misinformation too. So reach out, more than happy to answer your questions. Dr. Fatemi, thank you for joining us for the Bloom Bonus podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to seeing you back in studio. Same. Thank you so much. That's it for today's episode of Your Story, Your Health, Your Best Life with Gail Guardo. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a $25,000 value VIP day with Gail herself. Be sure to head on over to Your Story, Your Health, Your Best Life podcast.com and pick up a free copy of Gail's gift and join us on the next episode.